The U.S. military admits to dumping toxic chemicals. That and other stories on H2O Radio's weekly news report about water. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. The U.S. Air Force has admitted that it discharged toxic chemicals directly into the Colorado Springs sewer system about three times a year. The dangerous compounds have been used by the military in firefighting foam. The government's admission comes after the chemicals were found in nearby drinking water systems earlier this year. In May, the EPA linked the compounds to various cancers. The Air Force was the suspected cause of the contamination. Now, the Colorado Springs Gazette is reporting the U.S. military knew the chemicals were toxic more than 35 years ago, but continued to use and release them. Studies by the Air Force as far back as 1979 demonstrated the chemical was harmful to laboratory animals. The Army Corps of Engineers told nearby Fort Carson to stop using the foam in 1991 and six years later told soldiers to treat it as a hazardous material saying it was harmful to the environment. Despite all of the warnings about the compounds, the Air Force still uses the chemical in Colorado Springs, storing no less than 600 gallons of the firefighting chemical at Peterson Air Force Base. To make matters worse, the service announced last week that it had released an additional 150,000 gallons of water polluted with the chemical into the Colorado Springs sewage system and from there into Fountain Creek. The Air Force said an investigation into the recent discharge is ongoing. Meanwhile, the city of Colorado Springs has told the Air Force that its firefighting foam isn't welcome in city sewers. There may be some thawing in the icy relationship between the U.S. and Russia. On Friday, after years of negotiating, the two countries agreed with 22 other nations and the European Union to create the world's largest marine protected area off Antarctica. The protected area is very large, about twice the size of Texas, and will include a blanket ban on commercial fishing. Secretary of State John Kerry said the agreement will safeguard one of the last unspoiled ocean wilderness areas on the planet, home to unparalleled marine biodiversity and thriving communities of penguins, seals, whales, seabirds, and fish. A spokesperson for the Pew Charitable Trusts said the environment had become a passionate project for Russian President Vladimir Putin's former chief of staff, Sergei Ivanov, probably something not widely known to those in the U.S. The New Zealand foreign minister said he was surprised that the U.S. and Russia had reached any sort of agreement considering the conflict in Syria. Scientists have estimated that the Southern Ocean produces about three-quarters of the nutrients that sustain life in the rest of the world's oceans. The region is also home to most of the world's penguins and whales. The Pennsylvania Medical Society is calling for a moratorium on new shale gas drilling and fracking until there can be more study done to understand the safety and risks of the controversial technique. The 16,000 doctors who are members of the organization rejected a similar resolution three years ago, but now one of the physicians told the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette that there is growing evidence that fracking's deleterious effects outweigh any economic benefit. The vote to support the moratorium was taken at a meeting of the organization's 300-member House of Delegates and was unanimous. A day after the Pennsylvania doctors called for more study of fracking, 
The Yale School of Public Health released a report finding that numerous carcinogens used in the process have the potential to contaminate the air and water of nearby communities. The Yale study examined more than 1,000 chemicals that may be released into air or water by fracking. It found that information on their cancer-causing potential was lacking for 80% of the compounds. It also concluded that the contaminants increased the risk of childhood leukemia. Meanwhile, on Thursday, the lower house of the Irish Parliament passed a bill prohibiting fracking, which is the first step toward a nationwide ban. As concerns grow over possible cutbacks in the use of water stored in Lake Mead, the Colorado River Indian tribes have agreed with the Bureau of Reclamation to make more water available to others. The tribes will fallow land on the reservation and allow the conserved water to be available for storage in the reservoir. Tribal Chairman Dennis Patch told KAWC in Yuma that Arizona is in great need of water and the tribe's conservation methods will allow them to help the state and the overall region. In return for following some fields and conserving water, the tribes will receive about one and a half million dollars. According to Patch, the tribes hold the most senior water rights on the river. And finally this week, hackers broke into a water treatment plant. The pumps abruptly stopped, monitors flipped off, and ultraviolet lamps went dark. But Joe Needleman wasn't too worried. Actually, he was pretty stoked. He and four other students at Cal Poly Pomona had spent the last month writing 5,000 lines of code for this very purpose. And it totally worked, as reported in The Atlantic. And the water treatment plant they attacked? It was a scale model made up of three plastic tubs, several aquarium pumps, and PVC pipe. Cal Poly was one of several teams competing at the hackathon to take down the mock facility. The event was hosted by Passcode, the Christian Science Monitor's cybersecurity-focused publication. The point? More and more private companies and the government are scrambling to hire and train the brightest young hackers to defend against cyber attacks on our energy grid and infrastructure. Basically, they're looking for white hat coders who want to put their skills to work for good. That may or may not appeal to Zach Wade of Carnegie Mellon, who seemed way too excited about breaking into the faux treatment plant's control systems. He deleted every user account except his own and raised the tank temperature to 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit, generally leaving a trail of destruction as he worked. The savage attack didn't leave any real-world damage, but it did leave a strong impression on the company reps observing the event who didn't miss a chance to grab lots of resumes. This Week in Water is sponsored by the American Water Works Association. Learn more about new water science, research, and treatment November 13 through 17 in Indianapolis. Information can be found at awwa.org forward slash WQTC16.